Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Church is not the service and church is not the building. Church is us, the people. And so we continue meeting, whether we're inside here or we down in the tea garden or the social area, whatever it is. That's part of the service. So I want to encourage you, plan, if you are able to, plan your mornings so that you can actually stick around on purpose. And when the meeting inside here eventually comes to an end, yo, 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 yo. So we deliberately, we deliberately plan to be family. All right, this is one of the prophetic callings on us as a people that we, we live counterculture. In Joyberg, too many people are living behind high walls, big fences, electric, electrification on the top, motorized gates, and you can't get in to care with your neighbor that easily. And many people don't even know who they're living next door to. Yeah? So that's that's the culture. Well, we live counterculture. No. We're not coming and trying to be a crowd in this place. We're coming to be family. So every week it's like a family reunion. A proper, functional, healthy family reunion. Yeah, some of us didn't grow up having a functional family. It was dysfunctional. Yeah, but in the family of God, things that were lost or robbed from you are being restored. Yeah, so let's be family. Let's be friends. Let's hang out together. Yay. All right. For the last little while, we've been hanging around this theme of the glory of the Lord being revealed through the cloud of His presence. And we looked last week at the way in which Peter and Paul wrote about us together being living stones that become a dwelling place like the tabernacle, like the temple. That we were made for his presence, we were made for his glory. And our purpose in being together isn't just, hey, let's have a nice social time together. That's great. Being family, it's fantastic. That's not the only purpose. We come together and we meet together in a very special and particular way to encounter him and his presence in a other special way. Can I get an amen? amen? Right. So I want to just stick around here a little bit longer, if that's okay. Even if it's not, that's basically where I am. And... Um, 
Would you turn, please, to 1 Corinthians? Just if you could just uh, switch on to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In the old days, you used to say, please, would you turn to, meaning turn the pages to. But, uh, a lot of us are electrified now. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And the, the beginning verses in chapter 3, Paul is sorting out a, a little bit of, um, you know, factional hero worship within the context of the church. You know, this is my favorite speaker. No, this is my favorite uh, anointed person. You know, this is who I, I watch. This is who I listen to. And so there were camps forming in the, the body. Some are saying, I'm for Apollos, and others saying, I'm for Paul. And, and Paul has to bring about a bit of a correction, but as he does so, he brings us very nicely into alignment with, with what we've been saying over the last couple of weeks. So verse 5 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. Pause here. Don't you just love it that Paul, who wrote more than half of the New Testament, he says, listen, who are we? we just servants of the Lord. And we just doing our part. We're we nothing extraordinary and special. Don't put us on a pedestal, some kind of idol worship thing. Yeah, we're not out there trying to get the most likes for our tweets. We're not trying to get the most Facebook followers or YouTube counts. We're actually not in this for ourselves. We're just doing our little part. Isn't that wonderful? Folks, over 500 years ago, the Reformation helped us with a fantastic reset. Talk about a great reset. We had a couple of great resets. One was 2,000 years ago. When he said, it is finished. This was a phenomenal reset of history. The, Re the Reformation went, Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses onto the church door at uh, Wittenberg and started, launched the Reformation, what had happened was that the church had slid into a time of decay, really. And there was all kinds of abuse and the people who were in the priesthood were the elevated ones because they had the scriptures in Latin. It wasn't in the local language. And so you had to go to the priest in order to find out what God was saying. And then you had to go to the priest for him to pray for your prayers to be answered because your prayers wouldn't be good enough. And the, great, the Reformation put an end to all that. Hallelujah. Come on, you guys should be so excited. Yay, that we live on the other side of the Reformation. Every single one of us has access to the throne of God. You don't have to come to a priest for your prayers to be answered. 
your prayers are just as effective as anyone else. James tells you that. The prayers of a righteous man are effective. Are you righteous? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you're righteous. Turn back to them and say, yes, you're right. I am righteous. Okay. Many of us don't believe that we're righteous. And in and of yourself, correct, you're not righteous. But it's not about you and your good works. It's about him and his good work. I am the righteousness of Christ. So we're righteous. And the prayers of a righteous person are effective. Your prayers are effective. You don't need somebody who walks up and down on a platform like this to do your praying for you. Come on. Yeah? So Paul is saying, listen, who's Apollos? Who's Paul? Listen, forget the hero status worship thing. Yeah? You don't need somebody from overseas to come and pray for you. You don't even need them to actually come and prophesy over you. It's fun when they do come, but you don't need it. All right. Verse 5. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. Who's making? Who's making you grow? Wow. Yay. Come on. When you have completely messed up. His blood is sufficient to wipe away every stain. Forgiveness in Jesus. You don't have to clean yourself up and then go and pray. It doesn't work that way. Because you've got dirt on you and when you just rub it trying to clean yourself, you're just transferring the dirt No, we go to him. And he forgives. The enemy whispers in your ear, so to speak. It's not literally him there. It's not whirrings. But the enemy, as though he's whispering in your ear, ah, you've messed up now, too bad. Sorry. There's no hope for you. And very often when you've messed up, that goes across your mind. And you know what? Let it go. Yeah? 27, 26, let it go. Whatever's going on with stuff in life, let it go. Don't let that define you. Go back to Him.
The enemy tries to put a wedge in between you and the very source of your forgiveness. Here's something that I just, I battle to understand. When you're going through a hard time, if ever there was a time that you needed the brothers and sisters around you to carry you, support you, strengthen you, being amongst the family, it's that time when you're at your lowest. I get absolutely astounded when people say, you know what, I'm just going to take a break from church for three months until I get myself fixed up and then I'll come back. Whose voice are you listening to? That's not the Spirit. Not the Holy Spirit, anyway. Yeah, come on. But God has been making it grow. God is causing us to grow individually. He who began a good work in you will bring it through to completion. Yay. Even if you mess up, he's going to carry you through. Hallelujah. There's always hope. Verse 7, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. And there's the segue, God's building. So he's been talking about seed and plants and growing and watering and you know, all this kind of stuff. Fantastic. It says, now you, you God's field, the analogy is that they're tending, cultivating the field, all right? And there's growth that's happening. And wasn't it just wonderful to look at the growth that was taking place this morning? All right? For those who said COVID was going to kill the church, <laughs> oh my goodness. You think the enemy can outsmart God? No, 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 no. Church is growing. The kingdom is advancing. Apparently, we're on the winning side. It's more than apparently. Definitely, we're on the winning side. So he says, you're God's field. And then he switches and he says, you're also God's building. See, I'm not the only one who mixes my imagery. So he switches from the field and plants, whatever. Now he's switching to the building. Hang on, this is ringing a bell from last week. Yes? Just say yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's All right. Now, by the grace God has given me, verse 10, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. So we got this thing of it's the same concept of growth, growing, much like there was plants and seeds that were being watered and they were growing. God's causing the growth. Now he's into the building metaphor and it's, it's growth, it's growing, and God is at work. He's building his church. Yeah? I sleep easy at night because he's doing the building. I just get to come and celebrate what he's doing. It's wonderful. Yay. 
But each one should build with care. Verse 11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Remember last week, Peter was saying, he's the living stone, he's the cornerstone. It's the stone from which the whole building takes its alignment. All right, It's positioning, it's, it must be straight, correctly laid, positioned, because if you get that first stone wrong, your measurements, your markation, everything goes skew. But Jesus, he's not skew. He's perfect in every way. Right? So he's the, the core at this foundation. Verse 12. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day, there is coming a day, mm-hmm, hallelujah, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even as though only as one escaping through the flames. Okay, this is the good bit of theology slipping in here. So each one of us, we're responsible in this building process. Yes, God is building, but we're building with him. Because he's building with living stones. He's using us. We're one of those stones. But simultaneously, he's also using us that we might be building with other people and causing everything to come into shape, into form, into structure. So we build one another up. That's why gathering is just such a crucial thing. Because when you just smile and, hey, how's it? How was your week? Here on a Sunday morning, you say, well, what did I do? You know, I just came, I was in the building. But the fact that you were there and you raised your voice alongside somebody else who was down in the dumps could just lift them up. And just the fact that you, hey, how are you? Showing love, care, concern. Wow, somebody actually cares for me. I'm not alone. Because the enemy always wants to isolate us. What's the big problem over these last 18 months? Isolation. Alright? So when we come together, say, well, nobody will miss me. Yes, we will miss you. Yeah, well, you know, all I do is sit here and, you know, sing and, you know, I'm not really doing much. No, your presence is doing a lot. You're coming and you're helping to bring heaven down. When we come hungry, thirsty for more of the Lord, and together we come with that heart, it's like sucking heaven into the environment. There's a draw. That's so why I'm loving about this, uh, this season when we're coming out of hibernation. Because the cancel culture has caused some of the people who are only attending out of duty to well 
Let me put it in the positive. The people who are really, really hungry are in the building. And when you're really, really hungry, God comes. And so the worship leaders, they just strum the first note or hit the first chord. Let's go. We don't have to convince anybody. Everybody's already convinced. That's why they're here. This is such a beautiful season for the church. I was meeting with a bunch of leaders this week and just hearing testimonies of what God is doing around the country. And over and over and over again, this is the same testimony. God is moving powerfully. His presence is, is that sort of heavy glory thickness that we were talking about. Over and over, so many places. Why? Because God's people are there and they're pressing in because they want to be, not because they ought to be. Ought to be is religion. Want to be is relationship. All right. This thing of might suffer loss, but will be saved. Yay. Come on. When you put your faith, your trust, your hope in God, he says, you're mine, and he seals you. What qualifies you to be part of the family? Believing in him. Your good works? Yep, didn't qualify you. Didn't get you in the first place and won't keep you in in the long run. Faith got you in and faith will keep you in. And even if you make a mess and you hash and you're building with stubble and hay and nonsense, you're going to suffer some loss, but you're still saved. This is good news. This is really good news. Otherwise, the preacher's got to be there with a shambok trying to whip you into shape every week because you might just lose your salvation. And now we slip into performance and works. Oh, you foolish Galatians, Paul said. What did you think? Having started in the spirit, you can now continue in the flesh? It's not by works, it's by grace. It's by believing in Him. It's faith in Him. This is good news. Come on. This time of year we celebrate Advent. We celebrate the most amazing concert the world has ever seen. It was a sound and light show par excellence. Only a few shepherds pitched up for the concert. The great choirs of heaven. Glory. Hosanna in the highest. Rejoice. Good news. It's good news. 100% good news. It's not partially good news. It's not partially. Listen, if you believe, you get saved. And now the bad news is, you must maintain this. That's bad news. That would be really bad news because we know ourselves. Good news. 
he who began a good work in you will bring it through to completion. Yay. And because he's poured out his love in our hearts, we're so caught up in him. We're in the family and we love our father because this is a proper family, not a dysfunctional family. So we don't project our dysfunctional earthly fathers onto our heavenly father. We choose to put the marred and scarred image aside and we choose to say, Father, reveal who you really are. I don't want my bad and poor experience to taint who you are and diminish you because you are a perfect father. Because he's a perfect father, we caught up in him and we just love to be with him. And because we love him, we do what pleases him. Because we want to please him. Because we love him. Because he first loved us. And so we live right because we please him and we're in love with him. Not because there's a shambok. Shambok is back to religious works. Living by the Spirit is living a life that pleases him. And he, through grace, enables us to do that. It's his grace that teaches us to say no to unrighteousness and yes to righteousness. Even his grace is going to help us. Hmm. There was a lovely little sermonette within the sermon. So he goes on from there. Verse 16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. You, 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 you. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Man, oh man, oh man. Criticizing the body of Christ don't do that don't do that criticizing another church don't do that so if you don't like them just you know don't keep them in front of your view just let them be we don't have to be God's policemen yeah Tell you a story. You like stories, eh? Way, way back. In the 1800s, early 1800s, as there was the advance in the USA, and they were going across into new territory, they were going west. And people would pack up their wagons and put all their stuff in, and then they would go trekking, looking for a, a new beginning in the new world. And one of these towns, there was, there was a road that came, and there was a fork at the road, there was a tree there, and the sheriff of the town would sit on his horse under the shade of the tree. 
And the road would then lead into the town from that, that fork in the road. Otherwise, you'd keep going on to the next town. And people would come there in their wagons. And they would stop there and say, Howdy, Sheriff. And you say, we're looking for a new town to settle. I say, is this a good town? And the sheriff would say, well, tell me, where did you come from? What was that town like? Oh, no, sheriff. It was horrible. It was full of crime and violence. Neighbors were unfriendly. People would, you know, bicker and fight. It was, it was, it was a hard life. It was unpleasant. We, we had to escape. It was terrible. He said, oh, I'm sorry, but this town is just like that. And they would say, thank you, sheriff. Giddy up, and off they would go to the next town. A few hours later, another wagon would roll up there. Sheriff, howdy. Is this a lovely town? We're looking for a new town to settle. The sheriff would say, first tell me, where did you come from? What was it like? Oh, it was a beautiful town. People took care of their gardens, little picket fences. Everybody was so kind and gracious, caring for their neighbors. People were good citizens, looking out for one another. The sheriff said, this town is exactly the way you're describing it. Thank you, Sheriff. And they would turn in and join the town. Moral of the story. You bring with you your expectations. And then you begin to live out of your past. If you've come from a fantastic church family, welcome, because this is a fantastic church family. If you've come from a horrible church family, it's more about our own perceptions, isn't it? Now, this is a great family. And you know what? Even if you had a bad experience, the Lord can heal you from a bad experience. Come on, people on a platform, they're just humans. So if you have been hurt, I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry that church leaders disappointed you. Sorry that you, you didn't find a place to blossom and to bloom, to be fruitful. Sorry. Shouldn't be that way. But you know there's forgiveness. And I ask you, would you forgive those leaders who hurt you? Would you leave it at the fork in the road and let somebody else take that garbage elsewhere. But let's settle in a place where we have an anticipation. God is good. He's kind and his people are good and kind. And some of them, 
They're getting over some of their dysfunctionality. But they're healing. Sometimes they have a little episode. But it's okay. They're growing up. You know? You know little ones, the temper tantrum thing? Oh, you don't? Okay, that's wonderful. You know that some people in their spiritual walk, from babes in Christ, they get stuck in the terrible twos. And they keep throwing their toys out the cot. Beginning of the same chapter, Paul says, Yo, chaps, you're still on milk. I should be giving you meat, but you're not ready for it because you're still throwing tantrums. Come on, let's grow up. And Corinth was an amazing church. My goodness, they were a super spiritual church like you cannot believe, man. Gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, it was like, whoa, supernatural. But there were some dysfunctional people among them. And you know what? In a family, we might have a few dysfunctional toddlers running around. They might have gray hair, but they're still toddlers. Let's have, let's, come on, you know what, hey? I don't have to be offended. I can choose to be offended and I can choose not to be offended. Sometimes you've actually just got to choose not to be offended. You know what? Let's get over it. Let's get over ourselves. Come on. Can I be honest? Vulnerable. Sometimes I watch somebody doing something. And internally, the conversation goes like this. Who do you think you are? And I'm not asking it in a nice way. This is my repentance now. I'm repenting. Don't laugh. You must cry with me. John, help. Jesus, help John. Pray for me. And sometimes, you know, like it's that thing rises up. Somebody does something to you. She's kind of like, who do you think you are? I'm the only one in the building I know that does that, so all the rest of you are off the hook. It's like, hey, that's my parking. Hey, that's my seat. It's kind of like, I wanted to sit near the front. Or whatever it might be. And we actually got to kind of like, when that thought comes, let it go. Don't latch on to it. Don't chew on it. Just let it go. Not every thought that comes into your head is yours. Positively and negatively. Sometimes the thought is too good for you, that would be God. Sometimes the thought is too low for you. Let it go. Okay. 
you're getting five sermons all wrapped up in. So don't you know that you yourselves, here's this beautiful English. Use. Yella. Don't you know that you yourselves, together, corporately, you're the temple. And God's spirit dwells, tabernacles. So now we get the interplay in this one verse between temple and tabernacle. Because the root for the word tabernacle is dwell. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt, tabernacled among us. My goodness. Jesus wants to be with his people. Emmanuel, God with us. Paul says, don't you know that you together, not you on your ace, you're just a brick, man. You're just a stone. No, it's when you are together that something takes place. That's why we're so careful not to destroy what God is building up. Because he's been speaking about the foundation, which is Christ. We're building carefully. Everybody, everybody, be careful how you build. Because how you build, there's going to be a testing. It's going to be a testing by fire. And if it's valuable, wow, gold, silver, precious stones, it endures forever. There's reward. But if you just, ah, whatever, just stubble, hay, burnt up, nothing to show. You'll still be there, but no reward. So we're all building. We're all builders. How's it, Bob? (laughs) We're all building, every single one of us. It's not just leaders that are building the church. Every single one of us. Come on, we welcomed 30 new builders into the family today. Why am I here? You're here to build. I have a role. I have a purpose. God's called me. There's something I'm going to do. Yeah? It might just be, I'm trying to be the person with the biggest smile in the congregation. That'll change somebody's day. All right. All sorts of things we can do. But this temple, the tabernacle, God's spirit dwelling, living with you. Oh, I can't start the next sermon. You know, there's another day. There's another week. I think that's enough. Is that all right? I think we just want to worship him. I'd love to invite the worship team to come.
as they do, would you stand? Let me read you a passage from Chronicles. Last week we looked at 1 Chronicles chapter 5. Now let's look at 1 Chronicles chapter 7. I'll read it for you. Maybe we got the words up. I don't know if we can still do that. This is now the temple is being dedicated, right? That can't be right. Is it Second Chronicles 7? Sorry. Got the wrong chronicles. I'll just read it for you. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshipped and they gave thanks to the Lord. They were saying, He is good. His love endures forever. Fire fell. Consumed the sacrifice. Lord, I want your fire. Then be a sacrifice. Lord, I want more of your fire in my life. Come on, this is Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit fell upon them and there were tongues of fire. You want fire of the Holy Spirit? Be the sacrifice. Show up and be the sacrifice. Well, I don't feel like worshiping. Great. Offer a sacrifice of praise. It's not based on your feelings. It's based on His worthiness. He's worthy. They worshipped and they gave thanks and they proclaimed, He is good. God is good. Yeah, but South Africa, uh uh-uh. God is good. Yeah, but load shedding, uh uh-uh. God is good. Yeah, but we haven't had water for days. No, God is good. Interest rate went up, Uh -uh -uh uh-uh-uh. God is good. There might be another lockdown. God is good. I don't know what next year is going to bring. Don't worry. God is good. And His love endures forever. How long is forever? Yay. Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's lift our hands. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you worship. For you are good. You are good. And your love endures forever. We are not under the circumstances. Your love endures forever. Your goodness and your kindness forever and ever and ever and ever. So we lift our hearts to give you praise, to give you honor. 
Let thanksgiving and praise erupt from our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you're stirring up a new thing within us. Thank you, Lord, you're causing a new song to rise from deep within. Thank you, you're causing fountains of the deep to gush forth, rising up, exploding up. Thank you, Lord. There's a fountain that's springing up. Spring up, O well. Spring up, O well. And give Him praise. Give Him praise. Give Him glory. Give Him honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.